Fred, how's it going? I saw that you were in the hospital this past weekend. Are you feeling all right? Well, thanks for asking. Yeah, I'm I'm all right. Uh, turned out my my insulin pump it it got disconnected. Uh, we had to slam on the brakes. The seatbelt smacked up against where it connects to my body. Um, so it was disconnected for a few hours. That drove my blood sugar up. Came home, reconnected it. Turned out the connection didn't actually break the skin because I have all this scar tissue. And every time I gave myself insulin, I didn't. And so I ended up with in, in what's called diabetic ketoacidosis, which really sucked. Uh, damn near killed me. But I have some wonderful roommates who refused to let that happen. I spent a few days in the hospital uh only slightly coherent, um, but I caught up on missed episodes of the Big Valley in the Twilight Zone. So, hey, life was great, you know. So, uh, but yeah, I'm home and and I'm reasonably healthy and uh, and glad you're here. So, uh, how was your- I'm all I'm always willing to be here, Fred. I love speaking with you and love you as a person. If I didn't, I wouldn't be talking with you. That's generally how I operate. Well, I'm so. grateful for that, and it, it certainly improves life here on the porch, and I'm glad that you're here. I really am. So uh, so what's on your mind? Uh, well, I was looking at through the news, and I saw that, I know it's not anything important here, but there was a Korean pop star, um, Sully was her name, she was found dead in her home. Uh, now, if you're familiar at all with how K or J pop stars are built, they're usually preteen girls who get thrown into music groups and they become essentially idols. You know, you think back in the olden days of here's this beautiful 12, 13 year old girl, everyone worships her, blah, 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 all, all that fun stuff, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Shirley um, Temple. So, and- yeah, Michael Jackson, you're thinking of. of, of yeah, you know, Shirley Temple personalities was what, like, like that. five or six or something when yeah. they started her. Yeah. Yeah, so they take these girls, train them, get them to be showmen, mm-hmm. essentially. But they end up working 15 hours a day and are not allowed to be children. So a lot of them grow up with really poor social skills, mental health issues, depression, things like that, which is why you see a lot of them go to drug abuse, Mm-hmm. Along those lines. So, uh, no one really knows right now how she died, but it wasn't like she was, you know, 70-something years old. She's 25. Um, and so they she said has they, no business dying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and they and it said that they found a note near her body, which screams she killed herself. Generally, um, not invariably, but you're right. That certainly is good circumstantial evidence. Yeah. So when it comes to something like that, it just got me thinking about how people in the spotlight are scrutinized and, and seen and treated, and more specifically to younger people. So like, for example, this got me thinking about a YouTube star uh, who ended up killing himself uh, a few months ago, and just how debilitating the criticism can be when you're famous and someone who's you know i've worked in radio for nearly 10 years or or some parts or some way in it for for 10 years and uh one of the things that people don't understand is how much work goes into making a show they you only see one percent of the work that goes into it first of all tip of the iceberg right yeah (laughs) yeah 
they don't see the practice. They don't see the hours uh, of making sure your craft is good. They only see the final product. Mm-hmm. And it takes a lot of work to get it to where it's consumable that people will enjoy it. Yeah. So, as I'm thinking about this, I, I think about first those child actors, you know, Michael Jackson, Shirley Temple, and how a lot of them, they grow up in the, the high-demand business of entertainment, which it is. Mm-hmm. Most people who are in inter- entertainment don't make a living off of it. Yeah, <laughs> so, no kidding. Uh. I And, and that's, that goes for actors and actresses. You know, a lot of them work uh, another job to do it. And sure. they don't have any time to be socially active because they're working 8 to 10 hours and then they have to act for 8 to 10 hours and then they go to sleep and they're miserable. Yes. They might be in parts doing something that they love, but it's not. they're not actually doing that as a living. Yeah. So you look at when they're a child, Michael Jackson is the apex example of how... Building a child star can go in the complete inverse. So everyone kind of knows the Michael Jackson story. He was part of Jackson 5 when he was 3, 4 years old. They toured, they sang, he became super famous when he hit being an adult. He was still touring and making music. Ultra talented, great music. But he never had the chance to grow up and mature emotionally and mentally. Which led him to consistently be a 12-year-old. Right. And so he surrounded himself with things that a 12-year-old would do. Yeah. And then surrounded himself with 12-year-olds and children. And allegations were made. Uh, Nothing was ever proven in court criminally. We have to say this because it's true. Right. Civilly, there were different arguments there, but criminally, nothing was ever proven. Uh, So, but the behavior was there. You know, between... Hanging his child from a fourth floor balcony, uh, treating them kind of like possession as his toys, mm-hmm. just that kind of, just doesn't grow up and out of it. Versus, you can go into a child actress like uh, Fergie from the Black Eyed Peas. Uh, okay. Child actress in the eighties, she was uh, in a couple different shows. Still was in the entertainment industry. She ends up growing up into it. She, she ends up having this period where she's not around, where she's able to be a kid mm-hmm. and craft her, her art and then move when she's an adult into music making and then into acting. She's not a very good actress, but that's okay. <laughs> you I, know, she wants to do that. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, not having drug issues, just being a family-oriented person, all, all this good stuff that you regularly don't see out of the child actors. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a lot of culture there that doesn't create those type of situations to where they're successful when they're adults. Uh, Macaulay Culkin's a, another good example of someone that, as a child actor, was famous as a child actor, tried to be off on their own, struggled, struggled emotionally and mentally, Right. Found a way to cope with it through chemical use. Grew out of that. Rehabilitated, rehabilitated his life. Is now, ironically, uh, running a, a great podcast. 
You know? I didn't know that. Okay. All right. Yeah, Buddy Ears. They, they, it's it's definitely more a millennial thing. <laughs> yeah. His show's a little out there goofy, uh, which is fine. But, you know, he's able to build himself into that. And because of that, he rebuilt his... He rehabbed his image. He was able to be in a Super Bowl commercial or a commercial for this. He's mm-hmm. finding his work through there. Yeah. Great example of that. Yeah. Uh, it's... I just wanted your ideas because you as a school teacher yeah i'm sure in your years of teaching came across children that were in circumstances similar to what is a child actor a a parent wants a child to do something specifically in their head for whatever reason right and just demands it out of them and you could just see it in the in the child and you know i have to wonder okay obviously all of us would like to have uh, Michael Jackson's fame or money, or at least I assume most of us would. Um, on the other hand, do we believe that it is acceptable to use children this way? I mean, I, I do not pretend to be an expert on child psychology. I My degree is not in any form of medicine, but obviously I worked with thousands of kids and you have to ask yourself at what point we need to allow the child to be a child and at what point are we sort of exploiting them uh and and making them into what we want them to be as opposed to what they want to be and to, to what extent is it okay to do this for money uh, I mean, I don't know much about Michael Jackson's parents, but I know they made a shit ton of money off of him and his siblings. Uh, and my understanding is that as adults, yes, they did phenomenally well. I mean, they all had all the money in the world, but they were all, to one ex- to a greater or lesser extent, somewhat psychologically marred. Um, and maybe that's unfair. Maybe I, uh, maybe someone else will tell me, Fred, that's that's a judgment on your part, and maybe they're happy the way they are. I don't know. Um, but I do question whether it's ethical to make lots of money off of your child. And is that, are, are we denying a child something that child needs, uh, you know, by deciding they... Well, you know, my kid is famous. What was the girl's name? The Jean Benet Ramsey that they were trying to make her oh, yeah, the, in, into some kind of model, murdered. and she was murdered, right? And yep. But they were trying to make her into some sort of model at the age of what, three, four, five, something like that. Uh, I think she was seven when she was killed. Okay, um, but uh, you're never going to convince me that a seven-year-old has actually made a decision. Uh, to do that requires experience knowledge and things like that uh, the most serious decision i can just i can imagine a seven-year-old making is whether i would rather have macaroni and cheese or green beans for dinner i mean there I, I there's no way i could hold a seven-year-old responsible for a decision and but obviously the parents do and are the parents of this pop star are the parents of michael jackson are they responsible for the outcome of uh, of their children, you know, they made a lot of money, and I assume that they, you know, Macaulay Culkin's parents. I'm sure they made a lot of money off of them. 
are they responsible for what happened to that kid? Fair well, point. I mean, you even look at extending to his brothers. His, uh, Macaulay Culkin's brothers were actors in the Home Alone movie as well. Uh, and then you look at the modern day equivalent of someone like John Benet Ramsey and Honey Boo Boo. <laughs> you know, I've heard Literally, of her. I don't know she, who she is, but I've heard of her. Yeah. Uh, uh, seemed like a sweet little eight-year-old girl whose mama from the deep part of Georgia said, my child looks so fabulous, she's going to be on stage, she's going to sing and dance, and it's going to be fabulous, and we're going to make a whole bunch of money. Mm-hmm. And the child herself was a child. Seemed perfectly capable and, and sassy because... I've dealt with an eight-year-old girl recently <laughs> living out in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Some of them can be crass and arrogant. Well, it's their children. That's what they do. <laughs> so Yeah. Uh, uh, but a lot of her behavior stems from, Mama thinks I can do this. Mama lets me do whatever I want, so I'm going to do whatever I want. Right. And there's there, that becomes the problem, is... Where do you have the time to instill actual discipline into a child? Not do it until you get it right kind of discipline. Right. Which is the wrong type of discipline that you want to instill into a person. Because we all make mistakes. We all do stuff wrong. That's what happens. Yeah. But But then we learn from them. Yeah. Yeah. But the discipline of knowing when to rein it in, when to evaluate properly and change and grow. Yeah. And a lot of those child stars, because they have success early on, don't ever learn that part of living, the failure part. Yeah. And and, and you're going to love this, Fred, a Captain Picard quote. Yes. Uh, you can do everything correct and still get the wrong answer. It is it That is doesn't mean you did com- anything. It is possible to commit no errors and still lose. If you're going to quote Picard, you're yes. talking to Fred. We're going to quote him yes. correctly. But yes. And then he says after that, that's that's not losing. That's just the human condition. Yes, it that's is. That's just how sometimes things happen. Yeah. And these child actors and actresses aren't prepared for that. And I wanted to get into the actual people who decide that this is okay that this type of system of building child stars and children for entertainment or whatever who are they and and what we can do to kind of change that if you don't mind if we talk about that uh coming up i'd like that that sounds like an interesting topic of conversation um stay with us and we're going to talk about the responsibility that comes with making money off of children we'll be right back Check out the Front Porch Podcast on Twitter at Podcast Front. It's time for everyone's favorite thing in the world, knockers! Knock, knock. Who's there? The guy who finished second. The guy who finished second who? Exactly. Welcome back. Well, 
did you do anything just to make sure you know I don't want you to go on into a diabetic coma on me? Appreciate that. No, thank you. I'm 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 all right. I have enough. I was thinking more of my convenience. I don't want to drag you to. <laughs> no fun to do. You, you'd be surprised. Actually, no. Last time, it was really bad. I I could not. I was really sick. I could not get up off the bathroom floor. I have just a vague memory of some extraordinarily strong guy standing behind me and lifting me vertically up and standing me on my feet. I couldn't do it. So you don't want to have to do that. And so, you know. See, you say these things, and it, it immediately provokes some type of creative spark in me that I can take what you just said and make it into a production piece. I, I have no doubt you can, and I always look forward to seeing what you do with that. That's some of the most creative shit on the show. And I, I'm not sure that some people don't tune in just for the little commercials in between. So, uh, you know. I know, and, and we're, we're going to be doing that stuff coming down the pipeline now that you're a little bit more healthy. Uh, speaking of which, yes. uh, as someone who produces a show and, and manages it and getting it all done, uh, in the previous segment we were talking about child stars and how their lives are, some of them are ruined by being famous so young and cultivated to be money makers. Uh, we should look at the people responsible for that, which is, one, the parents, which we kind of touched on yeah. in the first segment, but more importantly, the people who create and consume the media. Right. Those are the most responsible for this type of situation, which is the ones who want to use it as a moneymaker and the people who spend on it. So first we'll address the people who want to make money on it. And of course it's notorious. You have lots of nepotism and, and you know, quid pro quo when it comes to the entertainment business, you look sure. at someone like Harvey Weinstein, yeah. who, as a casting director, uh, executive producer on movies, requested certain privileges with female actors and actresses. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and uh, my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is he was essentially a rapist, unless I have that entirely wrong. I believe that's what I've read. Do I have that um, right? Yes, uh, within the feel of it. I mean, I'm sure he was, hey, if you do this for me, you will get this part. And if they refuse, he'd be like, oh, come on, you know you want to. And then if they refuse again, he might not have gone through with it. But ostensibly, he was trading favors for sex and then doing things yeah. that were inappropriate. But now here's a question. Would... I don't think... Even if you are, uh, you know, I, I think if a person really, if a kid really truly has no talent that they can use, that none of the rest of it will matter. I mean, the kid has to have something that can be exploited first. Uh, uh, you, you are correct in that there has to be some innate talent in a child in order for them to reach what is the idol status. They have to have a natural singing voice or rhythm to dance or is a great actor. Yeah. Yes, but there are plenty of people who have talent who work at their craft yes. and become stars. And Just plenty more that, that you'll never hear of. Yeah. Yeah, but even if you look at it, the vast majority of them weren't instant famed children right you know when you think of 
Jamie Foxx as an actor, Jennifer Lawrence, whomever. Most of them started with, I'm a regular kid, but I want to go into acting. Their, their parents sent them to an acting school or had them do acting classes mm-hmm. and singing and dancing and all of that. Which is perfectly fine. That's that's how you cultivate someone into a high skill right. later in life. Yeah. But their parents didn't once they reached a certain height, they didn't then just immediately throw them for the quick cash grab. And you know, I now that you know, you've brought that up, uh, it, it occurs to me I do know someone personally. I I don't want to pretend that we're best friends or something, but uh, my friend Sarah Nimitz began as she was about five. And uh, Mm -hmm. she got her start because her parents had taken her to a B.J. Thomas concert. And he noticed that she was singing along, brought her ass up on stage, and at five years old, she's singing with B.J. Thomas. Now, Sarah now has an excellent career. She's not Britney Spears, nor does she want to be. Mm -hmm. But her parents have been very careful with this. And she has made intelligent choices that, hey, I'm not going pop star route. I'm, uh, you know, and her parents have made sure that she was aligned with good, honest, ethical people who were interested in in, in helping Sarah become uh, a better singer, composer, musician, artist in general. Um, And from all I can tell, you will never meet a better, kinder, or more well-adjusted person than Sarah. So it is possible, if you have the right guidance and the right parents, to begin as a child and then, you know, have a good and successful life in the entertainment industry even when you start that young. I mean, I think her first album that she put out, she was like 10, or and I can't mm-hmm. swear to that. But, but again, she didn't, you know... They never let her get in touch with a Harvey Weinstein. And, you know, Cheryl, her mom, and would her, never have let that happen. Parents, yeah, and her parents' motivation for it wasn't, we're going to use our child to make as much money as possible. No. It was, this is what she wants to do. Right. We're going to cultivate it into something and let her be herself. Yeah. And that's the big difference. And, you know, going back on track, it's her parents were aware enough to say, hey... We're doing it this way. We're going to do it the way that is going to build her a certain way. Versus we're going to put her in front of as many producers as we can. One of them is going to say, okay, we can use her in this light, make a few million dollars, and we're set for the rest of our lives. Right. And which is a lot, which is what a lot of them want to do. Yeah. And, and I, you know, and then I have to ask, is that right? And, and and how many of the people out there, the the, the 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 money people, are Harvey Weinstein, and how many of them are decent human beings who, you know, would w- would like to help a child become well, then, better? Then then you're getting into the systematic problems of it, and I think the the best example of systematic child abuse happens to be with uh, Penn State University with Jerry Sandusky under Joe Paterno. Okay, you know. J- I, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this. I know it's a little bit old news now that it's almost, you know, eight years old. But Jerry Sandusky was a assistant football coach for Joe Paterno. I'm sure you know who Joe Paterno I've is. I've heard that name, yeah. And I do remember this, he was, this was exploitation of athletes, as I recall. No, this was something way worse. So Joe Paterno was the head football coach 
at Penn State. Mm-hmm. He was at one time the winningest college football head coach of all time. Right. Uh, you know, built this image of we build men, you know, we don't exploit our free labor for the university to make nearly a billion dollars off of them, which is another story. Anyway, he had an assistant coach named Jerry Sandusky starting in the late 70s. Mm-hmm. Now, Mr. Sandusky was a child profiler slash rapist. Okay. Proven in court. All right. He's in jail. All right. And what he did, what Sandusky did, is he was aided and abetted by the football program in establishing a charity for disenfranchised young people. And he used that as a cultivating ground to find young boys to whom he would mentor and then proceed to abuse sexually. And it culminated with uh, an incident in 2001 or 2002 where another young assistant coach walked into Mr. Sandusky abusing a child in the showers on the Penn State campus. And then it led to, well, the athletic program director and the president of the university, along with the head football coach who was untouchable, all knew about it and didn't fire the man. And didn't do anything about it. Jesus. And there was records showing abuse all the way back to the late 70s. And all of them pled ignorance. Luckily, Joe Paterno, for him, died a couple months before all of this went down. Yeah. Or or it was going down. And he just up and died because they fired him. And football was the only thing that was keeping him alive. Mm -hmm. So he died almost, I think it was like a week or two after he was fired. Hmm. So he he wasn't able to go up onto the stand. He would have played being senile, being in his mid-80s, but he was well aware of what was going on. Right. Um, the, the two administrators, I think, got jail time, but not as long as Sandusky because they lied under oath. But Sandusky's gone for, you know, the rest of his natural life. Mm-hmm. But he through the football program and its and its success, he was able to use a public university to gain fame enough to launch his own essentially child farm for him to find victims. Good God. For thirty years. Oh, it's awful. All right. If I will find the subpoenas and stuff for you to read, Fred. It's like, how could a public university and adults let this happen for so long? And you start to see why, which is they started generating hundreds of millions of dollars as a football program. Yep. And the university said, well, we're generating hundreds of thousands, hundreds of millions of dollars for the football program. And the football program is our football coach. We can't get rid of our football coach. Then the hundreds of millions of dollars go away. Yes. Which is funny because Penn State as a program, since this has all happened, has been bad. And, so. you know, no, but you know what? what's interesting is, is that it keeps coming back to that and that we can justify any atrocious behavior if there's enough money involved. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. The NBA just folded on this, right? Uh, China. Uh, with China, yeah. 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 Uh, w- one of the general managers came out in support of the Hong Kong protesters. Yeah. And the NBA, for the better part of 20 years, has been cultivating a brand in China. Um, it's The NBA is number one in China when it comes to professional sports. Mm-hmm. 
So, and that's two billion people that they have an audience for, that they almost have an exclusive audience for. Yes. And so Adam Silver, having to play both sides, said, who is the commissioner of the NBA, was like, well, you know, we enjoy doing business in China. You know, the GM, when he was speaking, he didn't really know what he was talking about. Uh, and today LeBron James came out and was talking about it, and he kind of sided with the NBA on this because LeBron James can make a lot of money in China, so, and he has no political investment to those people in China. He only has business investment in right. them, which is a very large difference of chasm to them. But anyway, yeah, but he came out go ahead, saying about it, and... LeBron, as a conscious social person here in the United States, kind of seemed a little talking out of both sides of his mouth Mm -hmm. in saying that, you know, I enjoy playing in front of Chinese audiences. They're very good at giving me money for my merchandise. Right. Because as soon as you besmirch the authoritarian government of China, they kind of just erase you. Yeah. From their media. Right. So and you know, but I mean, look at what we see as the prevailing theme from the Jacksons to Jean Benet Ramsey to uh, Paterno to the NBA. We can excuse and are motivated, in fact, to do all sorts of things that are morally repugnant to us um, for money. And well, I, yeah, I mean, we're, they they sell their kids. For money. And, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, sometimes that is not even, in, in this case, I'm using it somewhat, but not quite metaphorically. But, I mean, we all know there's also the evil sex trafficking and all that. But, I mean, you also, you know, did did Michael Jackson's parents sell him for money? Did Jean Benet Ramsey's, did this uh, K-pop star who recently died, was, was this all because somebody I, wanted to make yeah. some money? And then yeah, it, it, that's it's all about the money. And then all, the, if I if I if I may quote Vince McMahon, it's all about which he he is another one that that did one of these things. Which, oh, oh. <laughs> but then I have to ask: Is money really a good thing? I, I I mean, look what it does. Look what happened to all um, of these people. George Carlin and. I'm sorry, I know I reference him a lot, but he philosophically makes so much sense. I am a huge George Carlin fan. And I'm going to use transitive here and use the same conclusion. When talking about global warming and wanting to save the planet, he goes, the planet's going to be here, everything's going to be fine. The thing that's fucked is us. Yes. And money itself is a human construct. Money only has value based upon what human beings judge it to be as value. Because so, we said it did. I mean, yes. yes. So then the question is, it's not the money that is evil. It's those who decide what value it has mm-hmm. is evil. Yeah, no, money it, by it, itself marks. obviously cannot be evil. I mean, it is a... I, I always say little green piece of paper, and one of my friends corrected me, actually it's cotton, all right, whatever the hell it is. It, it, it's an inanimate object. It cannot be evil. But the things that we will do to collect this these bits of cotton are sometimes unimaginable. And, and, and isn't it funny that 
Paper is made out of cotton, which was the thing that drove slavery. There you go. And, you know, there is a really good point there. At some point, I, I suppose I'll have to spend 10 minutes on Google and actually learn how the hell we make money. I, I mean, how it is... It literally or figuratively? No, I literally. I mean, <laughs> the actual construction of, you know, obviously there are special inks and things like that, but I, I had always assumed it was paper. And, I mean, obviously not the kind of paper that I stick in my printer, but I assumed it was a form of paper, and evidently it's not, and it's a special form of cotton. And, I, I, I mean, it would be just an interesting thing to know, not a terribly important thing to know. But Well, I, I, think, I think we should end with... Yes hoping our audience thinks about what I just said, that the actual money that is made out of cotton is still the thing that drives slavery, quote-unquote. Yeah. The, the oppression, um, subservitude, that kind of thing. Well, and get back to us uh, and with your thoughts on this uh, on Fred's Facebook page, my Facebook page. Front Porch Podcast is now on Twitter. Uh, you can find that on Fred's page. I linked uh, the webpage there. Or you can email us and let us know what you think about uh, childhood stardom, money, what all is the influence to creating situations where a 25-year-old doesn't want to live anymore. Great questions. And we really do hope that we'll hear from you about that. Thanks so much for joining us on the front porch. We look forward to seeing you again soon. It's all so clear. You're coming down.